See, now to me, that button's in the worst possible spot. The second button literally makes or breaks the shirt. Look at it. It's too high. It's in no man's land. You look like you live with your mother. Are you through? You do, of course, try on when you buy. Yes, it was purple. I liked it. I don't actually recall considering the button. Oh, you don't recall? <clears throat> no, uh, not at this time. <laughs> well, Senator, I'd just like to know what you knew and when you knew it. But I don't want to be a secondary character. my uh, Paul Abdul album that I got the other day. Yep. This is a B-side for Opposites Attract. And it's also the theme music for uh, this week's episode. Yes, which we haven't actually mentioned, because usually last week we mentioned which episode we're going to do the following week, but uh, we kind of kept it secret. I don't think it was intentional. We just didn't know what we were doing because we were too too uh, unprepared. We didn't have the spreadsheet up as we were ending last week's episode. Yeah. This is But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a Seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. This week we're doing the first ever episode of Seinfeld, Season 1, Episode 1, Good News, Bad News, a.k.a. The Seinfeld Chronicles. A.k.a. AKA Stand Up. A.k.a. Pilot. Pilot. Yeah. Four titles. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favourite? My favourite title? Yeah, out of those four. Well... Probably stand up. Okay. Yeah, but uh, my least favorite would be the Jerry Seinfeld show. That was the uh, name that they proposed <laughs> for <Right>. the show. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit basic, isn't it? Very basic. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Or the Seinfeld show. Yeah. Hmm. I think I like the Seinfeld Chronicles because it's in line with the. Yeah. You know the red dot. And, or... and yeah, and and the show is basically chronicling Jerry's life. Yeah. You know how he gets his material. That was the original plan for the uh, the show. Yeah, it was supposed to be a ninety minute special. Yeah. Um, but then I think Jerry realized that 90 minutes is not enough time to document how a comedian goes about their day-to-day life and gets their inspiration for material. Yeah. So they uh, wrote the episode and here we are. Here we are. You can send us an email if you'd like to, you know, talk about Season 1, Episode 1 or just to say g'day, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on socials. Yeah, our handle is at bidwabask. We've got a website, uh, bidwabask.com, and you can listen to us on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. And if you want to leave us a review, that would be amazing. Sure would. So, uh, Seinfeld News? Yeah. Two pieces of news this week. The first being a follow-up to last week. So, last week we talked about how Jerry and his wife were handed a consolation puppy for losing Best Comedy Album at the Grammys. Yes. Uh, a bit more news came to light this week about that. Uh, a lot of people were curious, well, what happened to the puppies and where did the puppies come from and were they looked after? And, you know, they just wanted to know a bit more about it. So a statement was released, I believe, by the Grammys. Uh-huh. Um, yep. And they said that a, like a caring organization or like a puppy farm or s- not a puppy farm. <laughs> a puppy farm. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's how the Grammys get their puppies. They, yeah. they breed like 10,000 of them. Yeah, <laughs> something about a black market and a puppy farm and, yeah. you know, that was sold off to you know yeah and they harvest organs to China or yep. some of that yeah just yeah. all above board legit stuff yeah seems legit no yeah so uh, well I was going to say with the lowering lower TV ratings you know the Grammys have to make their money somehow <laughs> don't they yeah our advertising revenues down this year let's uh, let's sell animals let's sell puppy organs yes <laughs> that works puppy organs it's a good band name yeah, puppy. puppy organs yeah Stephen and the Puppy Organs. <laughs> it's like a 90s tribute band, like yeah. a grunge band. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, it turns out that the uh, receivers of the um, puppies didn't get to keep them. They were actually part of a training academy. I believe their training, uh, like it was a training academy for like police dogs. Right. Or like sniffer dogs. Yeah. Um, and there were like on, uh, like at the Grammys, um, there were a bunch of like trainers and observers to make sure that they were handled correctly you know, before the ceremony, during the ceremony, and after the ceremony. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, after the the puppies were handed out, I believe after the show sort of ended, you know, obviously they have to give them back, and uh, they went back to their academy, and, yeah, now they're uh, back to their normal puppy life. Ah, yeah. how sweet. So it was nice to know, yeah, like I, I read a few tweets from various people, like famous people and not-so-famous people, raising concerns of, like, well, puppies are cute, but, like... They get older yeah. and less cute. No, no, not so much <laughs> that, but just, like, you know, 
some were like, was it appropriate to bring puppies to this thing? It stresses them out and blah, blah, blah. Like, I think people were just concerned about their welfare, but, yeah. you know, they were looked after and it was all good. So, that was nice. That's very nice. Yeah. Uh, the second bit of news is probably one of the coolest articles I've read for a while. I, I yeah. really like it. You sent this one to me, but I haven't read it yet. <laughs> it's a <Yeah>. bit long. <laughs> yeah. If you do read it, give yourself at least 15 minutes to go through it if you want to fully... Uh, yeah, see it all and read it all. Well, I think we have it on our socials, yeah. so you can follow us, but otherwise we might put it in the show notes. Yeah, I think. we'll put a link up into the show notes. Yeah, sounds good. So yep. I found it, there was an article from a um, like a tech blog. I think it's called Technic, technical.ly, so technically. 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 Technically, they're a good website. Yes, they are. That's true. Technically, colon, they're a good website. <laughs> nice one. Uh, they put an article and the title was, Who is the angriest character on Seinfeld? Obviously a very thing, a very you know uh, interesting thing to click on. So, Frank Costanza, surely. Well, you would think so. Yeah. But the the article was about a, um, I think it's like a data lab or like a, like a think tank or someone, basically a bunch of smart people yeah. wrote an algorithm and this algorithm went through all the scripts of 177 episodes and it um, assigned sentiments to uh, like lines and words in the episodes right. and assigned them to each character. Uh-huh. And it, basic- it basically quantified the emotion of words and lines in every line of every script of every episode mm-hmm. to see who was the most angry. So, for example... If the word happy was used, that yep. was that was considered a positive word. Mm-hmm. If the word disappointment was used, that would be considered a negative word. So, you know, I, I think it has a, a group of like 50 or 60 words and whoever says the most negative or, or you know, n- yeah, negatively sentimented words was considered the angriest character. Ah. So, uh, there's a bunch of really cool infographics and like interactive little tools to find out who the angriest character is. And there's a bunch of other emotions as well. There's who's the most positive, I think who the most sad is. Yeah. A bunch of, yeah, click on the link and have a play around. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. But this article was purely about who was the angriest. And it turns out that Jackie Charles <laughs> is the angriest. Salacious, vivacious, outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it makes sense because. You know, even though he's not in, he's in what three or four episodes, and he's not even in a lot of scenes in those episodes. Well, especially his, being like a lawyer of Kramer's, that yeah. would make you pretty mad. Well, it's his choice of words that gives him that ranking because you know it's like it's outrageous, it's salacious. You know, half of the words he says would be considered negative. And then when Kramer's on the billboard, yeah, you know when uh, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I'll never work with you again, or yeah. something. He says something like that. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. So click on the link, have a play around. I, I spent about 20 minutes. And so the, the, the link, the article links to the, the data labs, like actual research. And they wrote a really in-depth article about the whole process, like how they wrote the algorithm, how they assigned value to different words, yeah. how they correlated the data, how they built this data set. Like, you know, it's, it's like if you're a data nerd, even if you don't like Seinfeld, but you like numbers and data, mm-hmm. it's a fucking goldmine. Well, not me. I was more of a literature kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As a it's, kid, so... Yeah, a, lo- a lot of me. it's pretty dry and boring, but yeah, if you yeah. like numbers and data, it's really cool. Um, yeah, so go do that. And that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. Excellent. Puppies plus maths yep. equals Seinfeld news. One, one good thing and one bad thing. Puppies yeah. and maths. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, well, at least with puppies, you get to use them later in life. Maths, not so much. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess it depends on what you do. Algebra. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you work at a data lab and you quantify and you know Seinfeld, Seinfeld scripts, fuck, that's pretty good use for maths. That is pretty good use of maths. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me do the math for you, Stephen. Season one, episode one. That's today's episode. That's two. One plus one. Two plus two is four. <laughs> two plus two is four. I guess yeah. One plus one is two, but then one by one is one. So is it is it is is this episode? Do we quantify it as one or two? Here, oh, I think one plus one equals window. You've heard it's that true. one before. Yeah. yeah. Have two plus two is a heart on a table. <laughs> <laughs> Six so. plus nine equals. Don't know. Fifteen. Yeah. You dirty <laughs> bastard. <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Why don't we take a break? Yeah. Good news. Bad news coming up. <laughs> You're listening to, but I don't want to be a secondary character.
you're on, but I don't want to be a secondary character. A Seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters of our favorite show ever, Seinfeld. Probably the best theme music ever. Yeah. In case you didn't know what we're talking about, the original uh, Seinfeld pilot, the Seinfeld Chronicles is what we're doing today. We are, aka Good News, Bad News, aka Pilot, aka Stand Up, aka The Jerry Seinfeld Show. I think we need to pick a name and stick with it. I don't, yeah. want, I don't want to go through all those names every time we come back from a break. Uh, good News, Bad News? Uh, sure. That, that's what it's known as in syndication these days. Okay, and yeah. in our news sign, in our Seinfeld news just now, there was one good news and one bad news. Oh, there was. So <laughs> that's kind of fitting in a strange way. Well, it wasn't really bad. It was just more well, too techy and geeky for me. Yeah. You know, well, if you're one, a mathematician, one, hello. Yeah, one, one was better than the other. Yeah. Puppies are better than maths. Of course. Maths probably has more applications, <laughs> but I'd prefer puppy than, you know, a puppy than an, you know, a, a book on algebra. But you've never seen someone smile in algebra, have you? Well, you see people smile at puppies. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't like a puppy is, well, someone I don't want to know. Yes. Anyone who doesn't like maths, then, you know, okay, I get it. I well, hate anyone who immigrant who has a puppy. I had a puppy. <laughs> I had a puppy. Had a <laughs> who, why would you bring a puppy into a non-puppy country? It doesn't make sense. I had a puppy. I had a puppy. That's it. I've had enough. Man, you're another secondary character we've analysed before, who yeah. we uh, we absolutely adore. We had analysed her in season two, the Pony Remark. So That's if you haven't right. listened to that one or any other episode, if you're a first timer, hello. Check out our back catalogue, see what you think, and yeah, uh, let us know. We're up to 43 episodes now, so Crazy. it's a B episode. So there's uh, another interesting B episode was the uh, interview we did with Matt McCoy. Yeah, that's right. Way back in season one. Yeah, check so, that out. Yeah. He plays Lloyd Braun, by the way. He does. Yep. So back on to today's episode. So uh, Seinfeld, Ivan. Ivan, yes. It's going to go through the synopsis of today's episode, The Seinfeld Chronicles. Hello, Stephen. I was just adjusting my microphone. Sorry. Good, called news, me good news, bad news. Good news, bad news. Well, i got some good news for you. Here's the plot and the bad news. That was a terrible delivery. No. <laughs> yeah, you've actually got to have bad news to say that you've got bad news. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. No, I, d- I have no bad news. I'm feeling good. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good to know. Good news, bad news, a.k.a. Pilot, a.k.a. Seinfeld Chronicles, a.k.a. Stand Up. It's the last time you do that. Indeed. First aired in the U.S. on July 5th, 1989. Stephen, I was over a year old when this pilot came out? I was five. Goodness. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yep. Old. Yep. And you can tell too watching it. It's very grainy. Yeah. I watched like, um, I watched the syndicated version and a lot of it's been remastered. Okay. Like, but a lot of the shots are like the old yeah. style, like VHS looking yeah. <laughs> style. Yeah. They couldn't quite remaster some some shots. Yeah. Even the, even the sets mm. are a lot different. Yeah. Very yeah. cheap. <laughs> yeah. On, yeah. yeah. Apparently the, uh, the, the set I'm sure we'll get into it. The um the the diner, what's it called? Luke. Uh, it's called Luke's, Pete's Luncheonette. I was going to say Luke's Meditorium. Not quite. Pete's Luncheonette. <laughs> no, Luke's that, that, Meditorium. That's whatever. Jerry's apartment when Kessler walks in. <laughs> that's all true. That meat. You that's got any true. meat? Yeah. <laughs> Go hunt. <laughs> oh, hunt. <laughs> um, apparently that was a set from the Muppets. Oh yeah. Like it was a it was an old set from another show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, oh, just just use these old sets. We're not giving yeah. you any money. Well, typically with pilots, you know, when you're starting out, you don't yeah. have much. Unless you're in a big studio. Well, they were at NBC, I guess, but you yeah. know, they didn't really. Like, we'll talk about it. it a bit later. They weren't planning on this to be like a big show because no. one of the I think it was one of the heads of the NBC or one of the managers said that the show was going to be too new. It's too New York or, or too Jewish. Too New York and too Jewish. Too Jewish yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, the pilot. Yeah, no, they 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 uh, went through a lot of uh, you know jumped through a lot of hoops and a lot of speed bumps and yeah. it almost didn't happen. Yeah, things could have been different. Yeah, mm. if not for one guy who we'll get into a bit later. Yes, we will. But uh, why don't you continue with with your synopsis? Indeed. Good news, bad news. Directed by Art Wolf, written by Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry, played by Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, see what I did there. Huh. And George, Jason Alexander. <laughs> You know, first time, first up and coming yep. actors uh, sit at Pete's Luncheonette, uh, where Jerry talks about a woman he met in Michigan named Laura Pamela Brule, who's coming to New York. They discuss whether or not she may have romantic intentions. Jerry tells his neighbour, Kessler, Michael Richards, that he thinks he may have misunderstood the situation. He then receives a phone call from Laura, who asks if she can stay overnight in his apartment. He accepts, but he's still unsure about her intentions. At the airport, George and Jerry identify possible signals from Laura that she might give on her arrival. However, when Laura arrives, oh, the double-handed... 
grab what was it double handed shake oh, i can't remember what they call it it's like hey yeah hey. it's really it's really like first, vague first, yeah first first she blindfolds him from behind that's right and then holds her hands and goes hey i've never seen anyone say hello yeah like that like ever. that no and george goes that wasn't in the manual yeah i like george's <laughs> face as jerry's doing the hey yeah jerry's looking like looking back george, and saying george and then over over a shoulder and he's like oh, yeah george's oh, like oh, mm-hmm. shrugging his shoulders he has no idea <laughs> that wasn't in the manual <laughs> <laughs> so the greeting was ambiguous after various gestures from laura back at the apartment and with Jerry taking off his shoes as he grows in confidence. She receives a phone call from her fiancé, which deflates Jerry. He realises that he's already committed himself to her for the weekend, including a five-hour sightseeing boat ride around Manhattan. Yeah, he's pretty pretty disappointed. Yes. Other secondaries in this episode include Lee Garlington, who played Claire, the one-off waitress who could have been part of the main cast. Got a bit of trivia about her mm. in a second. Mm. Uh, and various attendants at the laundromat. Yep. Listening in on Jerry and George's conversation. Yep. Yeah. That's it. So not many secondaries. Not so I loaded think with be, secondaries. But this will be a bit of a short one. Yeah, but loaded with interesting trivia, being that it's the first ever episode. Indeed. And it has so much history about it. Exactly. And, you know, it, it built the foundations, or it was the foundation that built the series. That's it. So there you go. Yep. Bit of trivia for good news, bad news, Steve. A lot of trivia. Yes. Julia Louis-Dreyfus, she was unaware of the existence of the pilot until the DVD box set release of season one in 2004. That's right. Yeah. And she actually said she's never seen it, and she never wants to see it. No. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I'd want to see it just out of curiosity. Yeah, I would too. Even though she's not in the episode, I don't know. Maybe she just didn't care by that point. She was no. over, it was six years yeah. after it finished airing. She's already won like a thousand Emmy yeah. Awards. She's like, I'm, I'm done she's with like, Seinfeld. Done. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm good. I don't, I don't want to be known for Seinfeld. I've moved on from yep. Seinfeld. Yeah. Exactly. So, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Lee Garlington, the actress who plays Claire, she was supposed to be a full-time member of the cast. Uh, but when the show was picked up for its first initial four-episode season, her character was dropped. Yeah. Yeah, so she, um, was, she was meant to be the voice of reason yeah. for Jerry and George. Well, she kind of, you know, is like the... She's kind of is the voice of reason in the scene at um, Pete's Luncheonette. I gave George a bit of caffeine to yeah. poke him up. I do like her. She's quite dry and sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, she is, isn't she? Um, apparently, she was dropped from the show because, uh, according to an interview, I think George did in 2014 yeah, on a right, podcast. right. Um, I didn't listen to it. I just read about it. The interviewer asked George, uh, sorry, Jason Alexander, like, yeah. why was she dropped? And apparently she gave some feedback and some ideas to Larry David ah. about the character uh-huh. and Larry being quite neurotic and very protective of his content as a, you know, as a writer. He didn't like it. So they yeah. let her go. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, that would have been pretty rough for her, but the right move I'd say mm-hmm. looking back and I mean, yeah and now Seinfeld without yeah. Elaine is like it's not even feasible it's not feasible and I guess you know Ruthie Cohen I guess she's kind of like the uh, spiritual successor to Claire that's true you know you don't hear from her much maybe in like two episodes she has dialogue but that's true I guess she's kind of like Claire in spirit yeah I suppose she sits behind the counter at Monk's that's true. You know, that's true. Taking orders and stuff. Maybe that was the uh, inspiration for for Ruthie. Yeah, you maybe know, just like, yeah, like a spiritual reminder of Claire, but more of a passive character rather yeah. than a, a main ca- cast member. That's it. Yeah. In early versions of the pilot, George was drafted as a fellow comedian named Bennett. Okay, mm. I didn't read that one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There was so much trivia. There was like yeah, IMDb, heaps. Wikipedia, like just yeah. all over the place. I don't have all of it. You know, there's so much. Yeah. It's crazy. But just a few interesting facts. Kessler has a pet dog in the episode named Ralph, uh, but Ralph is never seen or heard about ever again. Like many things from the episode, yeah. they're, they're gone. Mm, I know, yeah. gone, but not forgotten. No. Ralph the dog. No. He's top 10 secondaries of all time for me. <laughs> number one. Number one. Yeah. He he's beats Simon Brennan-Rinkus dancer. Yeah. He's number one. Well, he's a dog. Yeah. Fuck, dogs are better than people. Well, I have a kid in my top 20. There you go. You know, the, he's spreading pro- propaganda kid from the race last week. He's in, he's number 18 on my list. So I, was, I can have kids and animals in my top 10 or 20. You know, he kept Why saying not? last week, like, you know, I'm a commie. Like, Stephen's a Stephen's commie. a commie. One of the lines... Did you get did you get mailed, like, the Daily Worker? Yeah. <laughs> you know, from fans? Yeah. Yeah, I got death threats from, <laughs> from capitalists and, you know... Nice. I'm, in, I'm in rivalries, you know, with all those capitalist pigs. Not the first time. No. Um... Uh, one line that we didn't drop at all last week when he's like, he's a, what is it? He's a traitor to our nation. <laughs> he's a traitor to our country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Santa's a commie, he's a traitor to our country. I love that yeah. kid. Yeah, he's good. He's pretty good. He's good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so when George realizes that Claire gave him caffeinated coffee, Jerry's laugh in the scene is genuine. Yeah. He genuinely laughs. I like his little chuckle. Yeah, yeah, he's like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Heidi Swedberg, a.k.a. Susan Bedell-Ross, uh, auditioned for the role of Claire, 
uh, but she didn't get it. Yeah. And she would later play Susan Bedell-Ross. Yes. Yes. Do you think they remembered her audition from seven years prior? Because she's only in... Susan's only in... Well, she starts in season three four. or four. four. Is it in four? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, she's only a, a, a permanent cast member through season seven before she dies. That's right. Do you reckon they remembered her audition? Or they, she would have just had to re-audition? I have no idea. Hmm. Uh, they probably remembered her or maybe yeah. she knew someone. True. Who knows? Yeah, they do use a lot of the same actors and actresses. So They do. Yeah. They probably kept her on the books for a few years before true. Susan popped up. She went for the audition and hmm. they were happy with her performance and they thought, why not? That's true. There is a reference to a future episode of Seinfeld in Good News, Bad News and the opposite... George tells Jerry to do the opposite of what his instincts tell him. That's true. And when Jerry says, is this how you operate? George goes, no. That's true. So there you go. So he breaks that at the end of uh, season five. Mm, that's when true. When he gets the Yankees job and he picks up the woman. And uh, the opening scene in uh, Pete's Luncheonette, they're talking about the placement of George's button. That's right. And what it means. That's actually the very last, excluding the credit scene where Jerry's performing stand-up at the prison, mm-hmm. the last scene with dialogue between more than... You know, between characters. When the four of them are in the cell. That's right. That's right. That's the very last scene. So, uh, an, obvi- an obvious nod to the opening scene. It's sort of like two nice bookends. Yes. About buttons. Pretty good. I think, huh? it, I think it opens and summarizes and closes the show well because they're both about like the most boring fucking subject ever. Like, where, you know, what, where buttons are on a shirt. Who cares? Exactly. You know, <laughs> just it's... Yeah, that that was just that's just brilliant. Yeah, it's so good. pretty good, huh? Yeah, yeah. And the season nine episode, the betrayal, retcons the events prior to good news, bad news. That's true. Yes, the end scene of the betrayal, where uh, it shows how Jerry and Kramer met. When Jerry moves in, he says, "Oh, I saw a sign on your uh, mailbox or something or whatever. Uh, your name's Kessler, right?" Kramer replies, "No, it's Kramer." Yeah, hmm. there are. I have I've heard about theories where in in uh, good news, bad news. His name actually was Kramer, but he just never corrects Jerry. Yeah. You know. That's right. So there's there's a bunch of stuff floating mm. around about whether his name was Kramer or Kessler. And plus, Larry David wanted to call Kramer Kramer, but mm. I think he was worried because he based Kramer off his neighbor, Kenny Kramer. Yeah. But I think he was worried he was going to sue. Okay. Yeah, he was going to, like, you know, start a lawsuit. Mm. But then eventually they made a deal. Yep. And uh, Kenny Kramer apparently looks a lot like Michael Richards. Okay. Dressed up. <laughs> As Kramer, huh. <laughs> like a strong, striking resemblance. I did. Um, I did yeah. read as well. The actor who plays Kramer in Jerry, the show yeah. that Jerry and George write mm-hmm. in Seinfeld. Yeah, I can't remember that actor's name, but mm-hmm. he actually auditioned for Kramer. As Kramer. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Or Kessler, Kessler really, yeah. technically. Yeah, he looks like a Kessler. Ah, there's just so many layers and meta stuff going I know. on. Crazy. It's great. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to get into some secondaries? Yeah, well, all, all, all two well, of them. All. Two, but I've, I, I'm going to throw down the gauntlet to you, Stephen. Mm. So the, the secondaries we're going to talk about today are Laura, mm-hmm. Claire the Waitress, Kessler. Okay. I'm going to consider him a separate character. Okay. So let's try and tackle Kessler. And see how much he differentiates compared to Kramer. Okay. How's that sound? Sounds good. What do you reckon, listeners? Should we have a crack? Yeah. Yes, I think you should. Yes, agreed, 100%. Yeah, this is filmed in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> well, we're going to talk a bit about that later. That's true. <laughs> we are going to do a live show in the next month or so. So uh, Six weeks, I think. Yeah, six weeks. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll tell you a bit more information at the end of the podcast. Mm. Laura, played by Pamela Brule or Brull or Brull, whatever, known for appearing Laura in B. Laura B. Known for appearing in TV shows Growing Pains and Off the Racks. Uh, she hasn't had a film credit since 1997. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, she must have quit acting. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Oh, well, if you're there, Pamela, hello. Yep. How you doing? Okay. <laughs> hey, I wonder if anyone's talking about me in podcast 21 years later. I'll go listen. Oh, well. <laughs> Doubt it. But if you are, hello. Hello, haven't I worked in years? Someone mentioned me. <laughs> Hello? You're <Still> relevant. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> she plays it to her friend. See? See? I was relevant. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Laura. Yeah, what about that jacket in the episode? Very, yeah. very relevant. Yeah, nice shoulder pads. Nice shoulder pads, yeah. I know. Yeah, Laura, uh, you notice, Stephen, how obviously there's a reason why she wasn't wearing her engagement ring at Jerry's. Hmm. Probably number one probably so it didn't spoil the fact, you know, how Jerry was trying to suss out Laura's intentions when she came to New York. Mm. I think it would have spoiled it if someone said, oh, look, she's got an engagement ring. She must be engaged. Yeah. It probably would have ruined the joke. I guess so. Mm. That's but, if you, mm. but, I mean, when you're watching an episode, like, I don't I don't notice rings on fingers. Like No, no, but some people do, you know. I guess so. Mm. Yeah. I guess upon initially watching it, you wouldn't be like, oh, my God, she's she's 
she's got a ring on her finger so she must be engaged mm. I, I get why they would need to do that yeah yeah number two more possible scenario do you think she was up for an extramarital fling and she uh, hid the engagement ring but the, then again like if that theory rings true then how come her fiance has jerry's number yeah, see, I thought no, of that. I thought of that. Yeah, that's weird. No, no, I thought yeah. I thought that that was a possibility that maybe she wasn't sure. Yeah, and she wanted to get to New York and talk to Jerry a bit more before she decided. Yeah, and then mm. just before, well, maybe maybe she was going to because mm-hmm. you know she takes off her shoes, she undoes her the top button yeah. of her blouse, like she relaxes. She dims the lights. Yeah, she dims you the know. light. Mm. She asks for wine. She's obviously relaxing, mm-hmm. you know. And I could understand how someone could interpret those are signals to lead to some sort of romantic encounter yeah like that's, that's classic 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 symbols and then Jerry takes his shoes off and yeah. you know confidently yeah like strides over creating a bit of a vibe like I get you know why someone would interpret it that way like that's reasonable yeah maybe she was you know maybe she was thinking yeah you know what I'm going to go through with this like I want to sleep with Jerry because she found him funny mm-hmm. in Michigan where they first met in yeah, dancing that's right um you know, or maybe she was on the outs with her fiance. Mm. She, you know, like you know, she was thinking about it for whatever reason. Yeah. But then when he called her, like she was sort of snapped back. You know, like as soon as she heard his voice, even though he was sort of grilling her about staying at Jerry's apartment. Yeah. Obviously not trusting of her. Maybe, maybe that like you know made her feel guilty enough to just like shut it down. And you can hear in the dialogue as well because she says, you know. No, I, we talked about this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I'm staying at this guy's place yeah. that I met. Yeah. You know. Do you think her fiancé, because he's obviously giving her a hard time. Like, I understand why, like, what are you doing on the weekend? I'm going to another city and staying with a stranger. Like, yeah. I understand a strange what, man. A strange man. Mm. You know, like, I get why someone would maybe feel a bit uncomfortable with that. But do you think maybe she's transgressed in the past? Or there's mm. a reason why he's a bit untrusting? Or he's just untrusting Probably anyway. just untrusting. I mean, like, if my partner said, oh, I'm going to go interstate and I'm staying with, you know, another guy, yeah. I'd be like, hmm. Yeah, Like, I you know, I trust her. I you'd trust have a, her. But, but you'd have some questions. Yeah, I'd be like, how come you're staying once you're staying in a hotel? Or That's whatever. true. You know what I mean? That's true. Hmm. That's and, true. And, like, George makes an excellent point. Mm. He says, there must be at least 11 million hotel rooms. This is New York. Yeah. There must be at least 11 million hotel rooms. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think George and Kramer, although they act like kind of dicks. Yeah, they're, they're, they act they're, like Jerry's like high school friends. They're like, yeah. oh, yeah, kiss her, kiss her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, what does he on. say? This is not how to score at spring break. I like this woman. Like, yeah. Jerry's surprisingly being quite sensitive. Yeah. He's not, he's not assuming. We were talking about that before. The Jerry in the pilot's quite different to the one that we know. Yeah, yeah he's, he's actually quite sweet. Quite a warm guy. He's just, well, he, I think he's just like a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but relative to how he turns out to be. Yeah, by the end of season he's, nine. He's yeah. a saint, but I think he just acts like a person who isn't a creep. Before his uh, rye-stealing days. Yeah. Yeah. The lowest Among, act amongst other things, or yeah. digging up parrots. Or oh yeah, oh, that, that's his lowest act. <laughs> Probably, definitely. We I'd spoke say, about that. <laughs> yeah, I'd say time, so. Yeah. That's right. Um, yes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I do you think Laura? Not that, not that she should do something. To, not that she should not do things to lead him on. But do you think that Jerry's interpretation of her coming to New York, you know, the conversation they had in Lansing, the way she's acting when she's at a part when she's at his apartment? Do you think he's like it's reasonable for him to assume that oh we're we're going to sleep together or something something is going to happen like do you think that not that she's leading him on but do you think that he's like it's well, do you I, think do you think do you think he's misunderstood <laughs> anything or that's com- I I don't want to I don't want to be construed as saying something sexist or something you know especially no. with like the me too movement you know yeah you know, that kind of stuff you know if no if I say things like oh she was probably asking for it or no whatever, no that's you know, not what I'm saying like, at all oh, no, no, That's I'm just saying, mean. like, do you reckon that Jerry's interpretation of the events leading up to her saying that she has a fiancé is is reasonable? Like, mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't misinterpret anything. Like, mm. I, w- you know, I'm, I guess, I don't know. Like, she didn't owe him anything. She mm. didn't do anything wrong. I'm not no, saying that. No, no, no. But I'm saying that Jerry didn't, I don't think Jerry misunderstood or misinterpreted any signals, as, Jer- as uh, George puts it. And it's a very interesting, because uh, c- this is like a very contemporary kind of, Topic, yeah, you know, <laughs> so it's That's kind of true. appropriate, yeah, you know, especially with the you know the Aziz Ansari, you know, yeah. article and stuff, you know, about yeah, I guess, and, yeah, I guess it's you know what what what's construed as consent, you know. That's true, quite, yeah, quite quite interesting. That's true, yeah, I guess it it you know the current, 
I don't know, vibe, vibe environment. environment. That's why I was like, if I say something, I don't want to be misconstrued. As, no, 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 no. I'm like not. I'm not trying to put you in that position. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know, I'm trying to be clear. Yeah. And you know, Look, and communicate what I mean. And what I mean is that. Do you think Jerry's interpretation of the situation was understandable? I think, yeah, look, or reasonable. I think, like, I think, with all the indicators that were there in the episode, yeah, you know, and and it's, you know, it is a fictional show, so yeah. I'll go within the context of like the plot and stuff. Sure, I think Jerry would have had hmm. a valid reason or a valid, uh, you know, there would have been a, a valid reason for, to try and uh, try and uh, have a romantic encounter. Yeah. I think so. True. And I guess he treads lightly and he treats it sensitively. He doesn't just go in gung-ho. Or she'd be like the biggest tease, <laughs> like, in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and as soon as, as soon as um, you know, he finds out that she has a fiancé, you know, he, he's killer. obviously disappointed. Mood killer. And, and he's got to go on that five-hour boat trip. Yeah. Oh, but he backs shit. off. He doesn't, he doesn't persist. Oh, so, of course. Yeah. No, no, I didn't mean to take it into, like, potentially okay. controversial. Yeah, right. I just wanted to know what you thought in terms of, like, did Jerry interpret or misinterpret things? That's all. Uh, I think... No, I think he was on the right path. Yeah. 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 I... Oh, actually, one thing I figured out as well, because he mentions that she teaches political science. That's right. So she's obviously a, a lecturer mm-hmm. or a prof- maybe a professor yeah, yeah, or, yeah. like, a young associate professor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I looked up uh, colleges in Lansing... And I think, oh, wow. I, think, I think she teaches at Michigan State University, okay. which is by far the biggest university um, in Lansing and I think in Michigan. Yeah. And it's actually considered a top 10. Well, at the time, I don't know about now, it's considered it was considered a top 10 school in America. Cool. It was like one below the Ivy League, yeah. you yeah. know, which is six or seven colleges. And then I think Mich- M- MSU, yeah. to uh, use its correct acronym, was right right there. Yeah. Trailing it. Did eight well. Or nine. Yeah. yeah. Did well. Yeah, so right. she, yeah, she's obviously a smart woman. Oh, yeah, she's she lecturing is. in political science at, at, you know, an esteemed university. Mm. So, what about those th- comments that she says, oh, "Don't get engaged." You know, she says mm. things like, "Don't get engaged." She gives Jerry advice. Do you think she just fell into being engaged, or do you think maybe she's having second thoughts about it? She's like, "Well, oh, I guess what it, have I done?" I guess it kind of ties in with the idea that we said before of like. You know, maybe she wasn't sure. Like, maybe she was yeah. entertaining the idea of sleeping with Jerry. Yeah. And then she decided not to when she talked to her fiance. Yeah. And then her saying, don't get engaged, is her just expressing her frustrations. Maybe, maybe it's, you know, it's it, it's just not working out. Mm. But she says just, it lightheartedly, though. You know, yeah. like, you know, some people when they're married for like 30 years, they say, I've got some good advice for you, don't get married. Yeah. You know, but they mean it in like a tongue in cheek kind of way yeah. not, not serious yeah do you, do you think she was like doing it tongue-in-cheek or yeah she, you think that there was something yeah look i think that look a couple of things come to mind it could just be like you said tongue-in-cheek yeah and she's just expressing a bit of frustration over her fiance's sort of checking in on her mm-hmm. maybe the wedding's coming up soon and it's just like an expression of her trepidation towards the wedding maybe she's just getting cold feet yeah um or maybe she is being cynical and she's you know, you know, just tongue rep- in cheek, and it represents. Well, maybe it's a bit more cynical, and maybe maybe it represents <gasps> a relationship that's on the way out. I mean, oh, oh, I thought you meant like cynical, is in like a tongue in cheek. No, like, no, no. Like, oh, you, know, you mean bit, like a yeah, bit, okay, a bit, they're, a bit they're more on the than just sarcasm. They're on the rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. you know, and that's just her expressing a frustration over a relationship that is you know failing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So Sorry. I think we should talk about her shoulder pads. Oh yeah, <laughs> she looks like you know Super Bowl was on yesterday. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> yeah, she she, she would have been a good starter for the uh, for the Eagles, I reckon. That's true. Or the Patriots. Who won? The uh, Seattle. Eagles. Is that Philly? Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Hang yeah, on. They beat the New uh, England Patriots. That's right. Yes. I'm th- Sorry, I'm thinking of the uh, Seattle Seahawks. No, Seahawks. Eagles. They made, I think they won it a few years ago. Uh, yeah. If you go on our Instagram page, I actually put a picture of Newman and Jerry. On our Instagram, and I was like, enjoying the Super Bowl. That's true. Who yeah. takes a mailman to the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about gridiron. That's okay. Yeah, um, that, that's a topic for another time. Yeah, that's mm. true. Mm. Our um, yeah, we should look at all the sporting events in Seinfeld. Yeah, like, like old mate with his blog. Oh yeah, yeah. Stephen with his blog. Of course, Stephen. Hey, yeah. buddy. Yeah, Stephen from North America. I still don't know where you're from. I'll just call you Stephen from North America. Somewhere in North. Stephen from the planet. Yeah, that's it. From, Stephen. Stephen from Earth. From the Milky Way. Yeah, that's fine. From yeah. Yeah, don't want to be too broad. Milky Way is good. Yeah, that's good. You know, it's one galaxy out of trillions. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, I had one other thing to say about say about Laura. Um, can't remember what it is. Okay, great. Yeah, <laughs> I liked her. I for yeah. some reason I I don't know. No, I, I, I didn't liked mind her. her. I for 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 
I've liked I liked her more than some of other uh, some of Jerry's other like episode girlfriends yeah. that we've covered and also in episodes that we haven't talked about yet. Mm. So, and yeah. she's she's one of the very few girlfriends that Jerry has who doesn't have any particular idiosyncrasies. Well, I guess besides having a fiance. <laughs> but, Is that yeah. an idiosyncrasy? No, not really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that's the only like defining feature about her character. Yeah. Um. You know, other than her job and I guess her clothes, but there's no. Yeah, there's no quirk that turns Jerry off. No. But I guess that's not part of the, you know, that's not a common, um, you know, like device that they use. Yeah. You know, it's not written into the show, into the formula yet. Mm. Yeah. Why don't we talk about Claire? Yes, we shall. Played by Lee Garlington, known for Field of Dreams and Dante Speak. Holy shit, she's uh, Kevin Costner's wife in I Field of Dreams. I think so, yeah. We mentioned Field of Dreams last week we too did, with yeah. uh, James Earl Jones. Yeah, yeah. That's, oh, not James Earl, uh, Claude Earl Jones. Huh? Claude L. Jones? He was the guy who played uh, right. Mr. Beverly. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> James's brother. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember because we mentioned James L. Jones. Yeah, last we did. Week. Yeah. Yeah. Simba. Yep. Yes. There's a common theme. There's weird science and now field of dreams. Now field of dreams. I reckon we should have like a tally, listeners. Keep a tally every time we mention weird science or field of dreams in acting credits. Just um, put a tally. I think we currently have I think three for weird science. Yeah, I mean, we've, I've just mentioned Weird Science now, but that doesn't count. No, no, we had um, Brian George, who played Babu, was in the Weird Science TV show, mm. but we had two actual actors who played in Weird Science. Yeah. I think, uh, so it might be two to one. Yeah. I guess if you no, don't I think count the TV show. No, I think it's three, because this is three. our fourth episode of season three. Yeah, okay. And it's occurred in all three episodes so far. So Weird Science three. And Field of Dreams too. Too cool. All right, so keep keep tabs. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll keep a tally. We'll even put it in the show notes. Yeah, we can do like a running score. <laughs> True. Sounds good. I like it. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to deliberately try and search for Field of Dreams and stuff. But, yeah, it's uh, got to it come up organically. Up, yeah, yeah. If it comes up. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, all weed signs. I'm going to crowbar in every episode just yeah, to make cool. a tally. Like every single episode we talked about, you know, you'll you'll be off like talking about something, and I'll be like. That's like in that episode of Weird Science where this thing happens that's kind of related. Yes, and it's like Field of Dreams. Yes. Have you been the last week? Well, I watched Field of Dreams again, so I've got to talk about it in detail. Oh, the 800th time. Yeah. Jeepers. <laughs> I've had. Yeah. So, Claire. Claire. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm kind of glad in a way that they didn't proceed with her. I'm glad we got Elaine instead. Yeah. You know, now I think about it. I mean, Claire would have been a good character. You know, she would have been like good in like maybe one scene an episode or maybe mm. every two episodes she would have been good as maybe like a, a Newman like a like a like yeah. a, like a um, major secondary and she doesn't turn up in every episode no but, and she'd also have like an eccentric personality you know yep. like Newman and then she'd have like subplots revolved around her yeah you know yep Mm. Yeah, it would have been cool. Like, I'm surprised now. I'm just thinking now, like, you know, because so many, almost every episode, there's a scene in monks. Yeah, you know, ninety percent of the episodes have at least one scene in monks. Of course, I'm surprised there wasn't a regular character who worked at monks just to like, you know, add another. Yeah, s- yeah I and don't then know. they have like their own subplot. Yeah, like Newman, but they yeah. don't turn up every episode. Maybe like every third or fourth, yeah. or fifth. Or yeah, I mean whatever. Newman's in forty-two or forty-three episodes. I think so. That's about twenty-five uh, percent. Yeah, I think. Oh, maybe a bit more. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, he's yeah. in about about a quarter of the episodes. He turns up. Ruthie Cohen's in one hundred and one. Yeah, one hundred and two. <laughs> yeah, but she's in the background most. of the Yeah, time. I think nine nine of them are like uncredited, unspeaking, yeah. non-speaking roles. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I really like Claire. I just like how she. I don't know. She's just sarcastic. Yeah. Pretty witty. Yeah. Pretty dry. Yeah. You know when 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 George is concerned about uh, which which mug uh, which uh, pot of coffee's mm. decaffeinated or not. I get a bit of caffeine to perk him up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, you know, oh, you know, I have to keep running through my head like caffeine, non oh decaf, caffeine, decaf left, caffeine right. That's right. Decaf yeah, yeah, yeah. Caffeine right. Yeah. Very hard job, George. Yeah. yeah, and Jerry chuckles at that. Oh no, no, no! Sorry, Jerry chuckles. And Jerry at chuckles when he says, oh, "I gave him a bit of caffeine to perk him up." Yeah, and Jerry just laughs. Yeah, and then George's like, "Huh? Oh, oh, I knew something was in it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only, the only thing I had, other than what uh, you see of her in the episode, is that I think she has been a waitress at uh, Pete's. Pete's Luncheonette. Yeah. For a long time, yeah, I and think I so. think she's got a pretty good like rapport and relationship with all of her regulars because mm. she knows Jerry and George by by name, of course, straight away. She's yep. you know she's like like their friend, really, yeah. yeah. And I think she's like that with a lot of her customers, yeah. You know, and she's probably the reason why a lot of them come back. Ah, oh, well, she's a permanent secondary character that we never uh, never got. Yeah, what yeah. a shame. Oh well, who knows what could have been? What could have been? But you know, without if if that decision wasn't made, we wouldn't have. Elaine. Yeah, exactly. And but, I mean, mm, but I think Claire would have juxtaposed nicely up against, you know, Elaine, the flamboyant, you know, the real loudmouth 
tough Elaine. Yeah. And you know, you know, Claire's the more dry, mm. witty one. That's they would true. have bounced off each other. Yeah, that's reckon, true. You know, especially with two female leads. Yeah. Or two female characters. Yeah, I guess I guess she would have been nice. You know, if they're they're coming because a lot of their cockamamie like schemes and ideas <laughs> and theories happen in monks like someone that's will right. start a discussion and then and then just, she could probably chime in yeah just yeah. to like level almost like martin crane in uh frasier uh rest in peace john mahoney i know oh man died yeah. today i know absolute oh, bummer so man. rest in peace uh as any long-time listener would know i love frasier it's my second ever it's my second favorite ever sitcom ever behind seinfeld yeah um, yeah, so I was pretty bummed about John Mahoney passing. Wasn't there an episode where, you know how Kelsey Grammer plays Sideshow Bob in The Simpsons, mm. and then David Hyde Pierce plays mm-hmm. his brother? Uh, Isn't there Cecil. A, Cecil. Isn't there an episode where John Mahoney plays the dad? Yeah, this is like one it's of the like latest. season 22 Yeah, or yeah, but yeah. he's like the dad. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty terrible. Yeah, it's terrible, yeah. yeah. But it's nice how all three of them yeah. do the voices. Yeah, it is yeah it's, co- it's like a cool tribute to Frasier. Yeah. Because they work well together as actors and as characters. Yeah, like That's course. why the show was so good. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so rest in peace, John. This is and, for uh, you, John. Yep. I'll be watching Frasier oh, just for you. Me too. Yeah. I'll start with Frasier's ugly hair in season one and uh, work my way up. Yeah, the sniffing accountant mullet. The sniffing accountant mullet. Yeah. yeah, that's it. I talked about that when we the did Barry, the sniffing accountant. The Barry mullet. Yeah, yeah the Barry did. mullet a yeah, few weeks the ago. The Frasier mullet, yeah. Yeah, and uh, when you watch it, you'll know exactly what I mean. It's just, <laughs> It's not like a full, like... 80s hair metal or like Aussie bogan mullet nah, it's, it's just it's like it's like you know white collar mullet that's it <laughs> white collar mullet a bit less a bit less uh, a bit more business and a bit less party white collar and some white powder too <laughs> yeah, that's it true and that's all I had on Claire yeah I didn't have anything else nah no. let's take a quick break and I want to come back and talk about Kessler because I consider him like a separate character to Kramer well, I'm going to try and do it let's see how we go Cool. You're on Bidwell Basque, but I don't want to be a secondary character. We're talking about the pilot episode. Good news, bad news. Yes, yes, it's fine. <laughs> no, we're going on a boat ride. <laughs> don't be silly. <laughs> I'm not going to have this conversation. Look, I'll call you tomorrow. Okay, bye. <sighs> Never get engaged. <laughs> You're engaged? You, know, you really have no idea what it's like until you actually do it. You know, I'm on this emotional roller coaster. You're engaged? You know, I can't believe it myself sometimes. You have to start thinking in terms of we. It's a very stressful situation. You're engaged. This is Bidwa Basque, and we're talking about good news and bad news. I think one of only two ever Seinfeld episodes which don't have the word the in front of it. Yep. This one and male unbonding. Yep, another season one episode, episode four. I think so. I believe. Yeah, and we're going to do that one, I think, sometime this season. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd yeah, be we might be doing it soon. Yeah. Good episode. It is a good one. Yeah. It's not bad for season one. Yeah. So you want to talk about Kessler as a secondary character. Yeah, I figured, I mentioned before the break that I, I'm going to try and consider Kessler as a separate secondary character to Kramer because obviously Kessler is the early reincarnation, the prototype, if you will. Proto-Kramer. The proto-Kramer, the proto-Cosmo, <laughs> you know, of Cosmo-Kramer. So, uh, mm. you know, in line with our uh, traditions when we talk about secondary characters, I'm going to talk a bit about the actor who plays Kessler okay. as well, of course. Played by uh, an up-and-coming actor, his name's Michael Richards. I've heard of him before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's been in a couple of things, not yep. bad, yeah. Yep. Uh, actor, writer, producer, and stand-up comedian. Known for his three-time Emmy Award-winning role as Cosmo Kramer. He was in 173 episodes of the show. Hmm. Yes. Oh, he was in that show Seinfeld, right? Yeah, yeah. It was some 90s sitcom. Okay. I've heard it as an age very well. <laughs> sort of, you know, it belongs. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, people are like, let's do a trivia night or let's do a, a podcast or let's do a secondary They never do podcast. anything about Seinfeld. I mean, most of it's like step-by-step. <laughs> so, Harry, yeah. Or Harry and the Henderson. Full House and yeah. all that. Yeah, all those you know, podcasts. All home the, home all Improvement. The, all the good 90s sitcoms yeah. that hold up really well. That have aged really well. Yeah, and that, that broke the formula. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> what a weird world. <laughs> yes. So, played by Michael Richards, of course, as you all know. Uh, Michael Richards is also a appeared in the films Airheads and UHF and he was also in the 80s TV show Fridays. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, Kessler. Uh, I think he's more slovenly and slobbish than uh, Kramer. You know, obviously Michael Richards is still trying to figure out the character. I think it took him a good season, maybe season and a half. Yeah. You know, I think we, we always say the episode, oh, the season two episode, uh, The Apartment is the one where Kramer kind of goes well, That's when he his does own. his first door slide entrance that's right yeah yeah he really comes into his own that's like he it. starts yeah but i don't know i think yeah, with was... kessler he's just more 
I don't know. He's untidy. Yep. You mentioned before off air that uh, he's he's actually very he's someone you don't really want to be around. No, he's a bit more almost like creepy or yeah. not, not creepy, but a bit more like slimy or yeah, like just, just slimy, lurky, like weird and very it's just disgusting. Like, like he gets he rips out the bit of the magazine, yeah, and then Jerry uh, he goes, Are "You done with this?" And yeah. Jerry goes, "No." Yeah, and what I love how he's he, like, he licks it and puts it he, back in, and he's got like his meat soaked tongue. Yeah, you know, he's eating like a whole slab of freaking roast beef. Yeah, in between two slices of if toast. If that happened to Jerry, like later Jerry, like proper Jerry. He would have tossed that magazine. He wouldn't have even touched the he magazine. He would have burned the whole apartment he would down. Have, yeah, he would have gotten tongs from the from the kitchen drawer, put it in a plastic bag, put it in the bin. And thrown the tongs out too. Thrown the tongs out oh, as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean he freaks out over a toothbrush that fell in clean water yeah. in the toilet. And then his girlfriend puts something in the toilet. The yeah. toilet brush. The toilet brush. That's it. And um, <laughs> you know, like so how's he gonna react to, to, to Kessler's horrible meat mouth? Yeah, exactly. So gross. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And he's just a bit more like Kramer and Kessler are both weird. Yeah. They know, they're both they're both quirky people. Eccentric dudes. Yeah, but Kessler has got a bit more of a like a prowlery, weird, yeah. vibe or something. Yeah, I yeah. think it's I think it's in part due to the way he talks. He's a bit slower. Mm-hmm. He's a bit more like, "Have you got any meat?" You know, he's not. Go as, he's hunt. not. A, yeah, it's like go hunt. hunt. That's yeah. my favorite line of the episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, the signals, I, Jerry. The signals. Yeah, that's that's, that's my favorite. a signal. That's a signal. Yeah, he pulls out the white flag. What yeah, that's mean? that's very latter day or like you know proper Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess the fact that he's just got two random bits of bread in his jacket, you know, he's like, you got any meat? <laughs> just ready to make a sandwich. Do you know I was this close to being a lawyer? This close, huh? <laughs> you better believe it. You better believe it. <laughs> that, that, that's like, you know, yeah. proto-Kramer. Yeah, yeah. You, can, you can see the signs <laughs> of Kramer proper yeah. coming out. That's right. You better believe it. When um, One thing that I noticed as well is uh, when, when Kessler says... You know, you you know, I almost went to that game. And he goes, "Oh, you almost went to that game, huh? You wouldn't have gone to that game. You haven't been out of the building in ten years." Yeah, yeah. Do you think he's just saying, like, in a lighthearted way, like, "You don't do anything," or do you think he's actually a hermit? He probably or like a shut in. I'd probably go literally and say he's a hermit. Yeah, he's a shut in, like yeah. Kessler. Mm. Yeah, hasn't left the building. You know, the Kramer we know and love loves get rich quick schemes. He has a big social circle. He yeah. knows a lot of. He's out and people. about all the time. He's out and about, but Kessler, I don't think Kessler... I think it's just him and Ralph the dog. Yep. He's just uh, in so the you, apartment. You think he meant that literally? I think he, he did. He has never left the building in yeah, 10 years. Yeah, probably. I guess, th- I guess that would go in some way to explain uh, to his behavior, mm. which is a bit more creepy and kind yeah. of like yeah. weird. And even like if you look at his attire, he's got like an old singlet on. He looks yeah. a bit grubby. Yeah. Or like a shirt, you know, he's, it's a bit grubby, his That's clothes, true. you know, he doesn't look... Yeah, he doesn't you know, have Kramer, as much pizzazz. Yeah, like Kramer has pizzazz and he wears like retro clothes, but yeah. you know, Kessler just looks like a slob, like a slob, basically. Does, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does actually, I've never yeah. thought of that. Yeah. And his hair's a bit more subdued as well. It is, it's not yeah. wild. I think that's a nice representation of his character, is it's flatter, mm-hmm. it's a bit more like slimy, yeah. literally. Yeah. You know, whereas prop, Kramer proper is, uh, you know, well, yeah, is... Uh, you know, it's it's like buffed up. Yeah, I'm really it's, glad. It's eccentric. Yeah, I'm really glad they evolved the character because I think, you know, Kessler being a hermit and grubby, I think it would have grown tired after a while. It would have turned the same you thing. off. It would have turned me off. Yeah, yeah, you know, doing the same thing over and over again. It's like oh. I didn't dislike Kessler in the show. No, but one episode was enough. I'm like, I've had enough of Kessler. Yeah, you know. And, and Mark then, Richards was that is that talented of an actor, and yeah, you know, the writers like Larry David and all that were fantastic. That mm. you know they evolved Kramer. Yeah. as he went along. Yep. So there you go. Mm. Yeah, no. and he's the most the most popular out of the core four. Yeah, yeah. Do you think um, you know, one key difference I'm just thinking now, not that he's just a, a dog owner. Mm. Like obviously, Kramer doesn't have a dog, but uh, he, I don't know, it shows that he's responsible. You know, yeah. owning, owning a dog is a pretty big deal. Of course, yeah. You know, well. It's not something you take lightly. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe even though he's a bit more of a slob, <laughs> a bit more weird and lurky. Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe a bit more responsible as well. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. No, he's got some responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Just doesn't know how to buy meat. No, exactly. He's got to go hunt. <laughs> go hunt. hunt. Oh, uh, I was watching that game. I was watching that game. On the Mets blew it tonight, didn't <laughs> yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. That's all I had about Kessler. Yeah, same. And that's all the secondary characters, all three of them. Yep. There you go. Except Ralph the dog. Shout out to Ralph the oh, dog. Oh, shout out to Ralph. <laughs> our second ever animal secondary character. <laughs> Fredo the parrot. <laughs> from the strong box episode one yes maybe um maybe Kramer was searching out uh, Ralph's uh, Ralph's 
uh, tombstone at the pet cemetery. <laughs> oh no, he's looking for Lassie the Fern. Yeah, but maybe. Oh, maybe Ralph's. Yeah. You know, it would have been really cool if there was like a tombstone with the word Ralph the dog on it. That would have been, been a nice little, little touch. Yeah, 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 like yeah. In the background, yeah, like Ralph in the background. Ralph the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Ralph Kramer or something. You know, that that's that's part of secondary character canon now. Ralph, even though you don't see his tombstone in that episode. No, no. What is the episode? It, the Strongbox. The Strongbox. Yeah. Our premiere he, of season three. That's right. He, he, even though you don't see it, he's buried at that pet cemetery. Yeah, I think It's official now. Official. Yeah. Yep. That's part of the canon. And Kramer, 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 um, he goes for a visit. I want my royalties now, please. That's Sony's it. pictures. Yeah. Who <laughs> own the rights to Seinfeld. Yeah. Thank we're just, you. We're just retconning your own material. Exactly. Royalties yep. now. That's it. One dollar to happy dude. Ding 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 ding. Indeed. Ding ding ding. Ding. Royalties for that as well. Exactly. My my crappy like wouldn't even call it beatboxing, but like mouth beat. Mouth beat. Mouth movements. Yeah. Mouth synth. Indeed. Is way better than you know the the Paula Abdul B side. Of course. Yeah. Topposites attract. That's it. Why don't we go through our weekly lists? Yes, that sounds good to me. Now, Stephen, good news, bad news. I don't think it was as bad as an episode as I remember it. Like, mm. it's not one of the greats. No. It's not very good, mm. but it's not really bad. Well, I think... What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. Like, when you stack it up, in terms of writing and jokes and characters, it's it's a pilot. Like, you can't you can't stack it up. As a, as you know, in the same way as you know, a Seinfeld proper episode, because it's not. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a it's the blueprint. It's a draft version of what the show would become. Yeah, they approached it way differently. All the characters are different. You know, like it's 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 the same show. But yeah, it's totally yeah. different. So you can't you can't rank it against cla- you know proper episodes. Of course, I think that would do it a disservice. But as a standalone episode, mm. um, yeah, I would agree. Like I I like it more. Than you know, a lot of Seinfeld proper episodes. Yeah, I yeah. could watch it more. Yeah, because it is different. Mm, it you is. Know? Yeah. If it was exact, if all the characters were exactly the same, same sets, if it was exactly the same as Seinfeld proper, mm. and it was the same plot. Yeah, yeah. Then I would say it's the worst episode. Yeah, because there's no, there's no plot. Yeah, it's such a weak, thin plot. I actually had a few chuckles in the episode too. I chuckled a few times, like yeah. legitimately. I thought, oh, this is actually some some good one-liners in there. Yeah. So out of thirty-five episodes that we've done so far, which mm. the characters including the characters, you know, we've reviewed the secondary characters in each episode, I mean. Out of 35, I put good news, bad news, 23. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, not, like I said, not great, not very good. Yep. You know, good to average. Yep. Yeah, and even at the time, it was rated quite well. Like, critics were happy with it. Well, because it was that. meant to be, like, just a summer, you know, an off-season burner pilot, they call it, where they just put it in the, on the, in the summer. Well, yeah, you know? summer is, like, the non-ratings The non-ratings period. It was I meant think, to be a non-ratings period. I think period it's show. the same in Australia, where, like, yeah, yeah. you know, there's peaks, there's there's um, rating season and non-rating season, mm. and they just release all the pilots yeah. that they don't think have any potential, and yeah. it's just filler. And reports from back in 1989 were that uh, people were bummed that there was no season coming up. People yeah. were like, where's where's the season? This is a great show. Well, apparently they did a... Before they even aired it properly, they did, like, a test um, audience run, and I think 400 people watched it, and most of the reviews were really negative. Mm. But when they put it out, you know, it's like a properly... On NBC. On NBC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a properly aired show. Yeah, yeah. The critics... It quite well. Yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 the public's feedback was really good. The ratings probably weren't that great, um, but the critics' reviews actually were really good as well. Yeah, like, yeah. this is a bit weird and different. Yeah, different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A, bit, a bit unconventional. That's right. Where do you put it? Do you have your uh, top thirty-five? Uh, uh, I do. I don't have my list with me. Oh, that's fine. Uh, I ranked it as twenty-two. Twelve. Oh, so pretty close to you. It's pretty close. And last week the race was number fifteen for me and fourteen for you. Yep. But just as a side note, we don't look at each other's lists before no. we uh, record. So this is all just coincidence. No, and so. our lists our lists are pretty. <laughs> different like we've got pretty different tastes yeah listen to our episode last week and uh, you'll hear our top tens yeah we go through our top tens yeah so. uh any secondaries in your top 10 of all time no no nah, me either no again listen to last week and you'll hear our top 10 if i've got a separate top 10 for uh for animals i think ralph uh, ralph would be number one fredo i feel sorry for fredo but dogs are better than birds what about the dog from the dog farfel uh oh we haven't reviewed the dog yet no no i can't 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 uh do that ahead of time. I, I think Farfa will be the worst animal. Yeah, we mm. never really see him. Yeah, it's like oh, 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 oh. Yeah. it's like some man off screen going oh, oh, oh yeah, oh, oh. it's such a crappy fake dog sound. Yeah, I know. Oh, 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 oh. It's it's hilarious, but stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, what can you do Seinfeldisms? I have none. I have two. 
watched Pretty Woman last night on uh, Channel 7 in Australia. And, uh, yeah, Jason Alexander, he's one of the characters. Richard hmm. Gere's lawyer. As soon as I saw it, Pretty Woman was on. I was like, oh, because I know he's in, the like, the first scene. I think he's in a couple other scenes okay. towards the end. Right. Uh, I thought so he would is. you say that he's a secondary character in Pretty Woman? He is, yes. Huh. Yeah, yeah, Jason Alexander. They should have cast him as an architect. Oh, they should have. <laughs> Even though the movie precedes the show, yeah. it would have been awesome if he was an architect. Yeah, I'm too bad he was a sleazy character, sleazy yeah. lawyer. But uh, That's true. Yeah, no, it was good to see, uh, you know, Seinfeld alumni, alumni mm. in mm. another thing. Mm. It's good. Mm. And uh, today we have at work a one of those old arcade tables, you know, with like the arcade games. Yep. Put it on Instagram, a bit of video of me playing Frogger. That's right. Mm. Yeah. Got to keep that high score, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, uh, George's middle name? Is it Lewis? I think so. George George Lewis Costanza. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, GLC. GLC. Yeah. Yeah. Got to keep that high score no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when the truck hits the the machine. The 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 actual um like game over sound happens. Like, yeah, it's like boom 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 boom. You know, as if that would happen if it was physically destroyed. It was season nine. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, yeah. So that were my two Seinfeldisms for this week. Yeah, I've got none. But oh, uh, in lieu of having no Seinfeldisms, I shall read this week's Seinfeldia. Yes, Seinfeld trivia. Every week we flip open our calendar and we tell you the trivia fact for the day that we're recording. So today is... The 6th. Yes, Tuesday the 6th of February 2018. Stephen, what's our trivia for this week? So for Tuesday, February 6th, actor Barney Mann, who played... Uh, Morty Jerry Seinfeld. Star. Yep. Yes. 67... He was 67 when he joined Seinfeld as Jerry's father. He was a former New York Police Department detective. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who launched his own comedy career by giving funny presentations to deputy commissioners. Ah. He got his start in show business, show business, moonlighting as Jackie Gleason's stand-in. I think we talked about I think this we in, did. Uh, What's yeah. the Deal with the Seinfeld Parents. Yeah, back in season one with your parents. That's right, yeah. episode 10. Yeah, we had a bit of a uh, bit of few facts about Barney. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so he was Jackie Gleason's stand-in on The Honeymooners. Yeah, because he had a similar size. He yeah. was a similar body to Jackie Gleason. That's right, yep. yeah. Yep. It's like a larger I think he's got guy. a similar accent as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, so The Honeymooners was in the 1950s. And he also made a name for himself as a writer for Name That Tune and The Steve Allen Show. Cool. There you go. Interesting facts. Nice trivia. Yeah. The facts are getting better and better. They are, yeah, as the year progresses. Yep. Who knows when it's June, July, December, whatever. I hope they get really obscure. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Yeah. If you have any trivia for us, let us know. Yeah, get in touch with us. Yes. Uh, Before we end this week's episode, we want to talk to you about our live show. That's right, our 50th ever episode. That is on Sunday, the 18th of March at 6.30pm live at George's Bar in Fitzroy, Melbourne, Australia. That's right. So we will be spending an hour or two talking about the contest the seminal well what we think is the seminal Seinfeld episode mm-hmm. so come along it's free entry uh, George's bar is pretty cool yeah. um, if you don't know anything about it it's a George Costanza themed bar yep. um, so it's only fitting that we do our podcast there um, and they've been really super cool to us so we're looking forward to it it should be a really fun night yep free entry that's right mm-hmm. um, and it will be our 50th episode uh, in terms of release yes I think indeed. we'll be releasing it the week after or maybe a week after that yes. I can't remember where it falls and but. we will be live streaming uh, on YouTube that's we have right. a YouTube channel youtube.com forward slash Bidwabask, I believe yep. I'll have to double check <laughs> yeah we haven't been on YouTube in a while oh, for ages yeah but we'll be live streaming on YouTube as well so if you want to catch us it'll yeah. be uh, Saturday night in LA and New York so uh, okay. you know Yep. If you're there or anywhere in between in the US. Yeah, so that's 6.30pm EST, which is Eastern Standard Time yep. or Pacific Standard Time. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Just use your iPhone. You don't <laughs> You don't need to look up shit anymore. You just type in a different time zone and it comes up. And you're set. Do, yeah, you yeah. be an adult. Do figure it out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you can't figure it out, you don't deserve to watch us. I know, indeed. Yeah, so come along if you're in Melbourne. It would be awesome to see you there. Yes, indeed. March 18, George's Bar. Yes, and stand by. Uh, there is a B episode straight after this. We're doing a review of the Jerry Seinfeld 2002 documentary, Comedian. That's right. We were supposed to do it a couple of weeks ago, but we've finally gotten around to it. Yeah, so you'll have two episodes. You know, obviously, Comedian's not as big as this one, but uh, you'll have two episodes in your podcast feed. So if you're like, what the hell, you get a nice little bonus. There you go. Indeed. Next week, we're going to talk about the pie. The pie. Take a bite. Take a bite. I'm Stephen, take a nervously. bite. Yeah, I know. Take a bite. Take a bite. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good episode. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good one yeah Love it. it is good yeah it is thanks again for listening if you want to get in touch with us we have an email address bidwabask podcast b-i-d-w-b-a-s-c podcast at gmail.com we've got a website bidwabask.com 
And uh, you can listen to us on iTunes, wherever else you get your podcasts. If you want to review us, that would be amazing. And finally, we're on all the social medias that you could think of. Yeah. Well, most, I think. Yeah. Our handle is at Bibblebar. So, uh, yeah, comment, get in touch, right. talk to us. That would be amazing. i got to check out MySpace page. I don't think <laughs> I've updated that in a while. <laughs> I wonder who our top eight is. I wonder if Tom. Yeah, remember, yeah, Tom. You remember in MySpace, yeah, yeah, Tom? Tom. Like, the, like what, what a smug jerk. is like, oh, I'm going to be your number one friend, yeah. just by default. It's like, I don't it's like Mark Zuckerberg just follows you. Yeah. Like, Give me a break, man. Chill out, Mark. Indeed. Like, <laughs> who do you think you are? Just because I'm using your free service Uh, doesn't mean you can do whatever you want we'll see you next week for some pie (laughs) bye for now pie for now